Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey, good evening out there, Radio Land. It's Wednesday night, it's 8 o'clock, and you know what that means. It's time for another wonderful, magical episode of the West Coast Recess, featuring me, your host, Raider Rome, a.k.a. the Sports Brother, a.k.a. my little brother's big brother, bringing to you all the happenings going on in the West Coast this week. We've had ourselves some pretty good playoff action here so far. We'll talk about that a little bit, a little bit later on here. And you know how it is in the West Coast. We are usually the most underrepresented of the lot. And that's what we're here for, to give you the information that you need so that you can help us fight the West Coast bias one show at a time. And as you all know by this point, we never fight the bias. That's never a one-man operation. So I bring to you the one man that I do trust in this operation, my main man, Josh Matson. How are you feeling tonight, Josh? I am doing good, Jerome. How are you doing this evening? Oh, I'm feeling wonderful, man. I'm doing great. It's Wednesday night. I get to kick it with you for an hour. So, without further ado, we'll let the people know what they got to look forward to tonight on our plates. We got we got your NASCAR action. They did actually get that race in, although we didn't think they would with all that rain going on. We got your weekly MLS soccer. And for those of you on DraftKings that one that's trying to get paid, we got that weekly um, show. We got that weekly fantasy show for you where we give you all of your baseball players that you need. And we also have the NFL schedule this week that came out, and I'm really looking forward to talking about what the Raiders, how the Raiders could look doing that. And I'm sure that Josh will have some information also about the New England Patriots. <clears throat> so how, how was your week this week, Josh? My week was good, Jerome. Yeah. Uh, I uh, Well, Scott Brooks got fired today, which was not surprising, but that was kind of the news in the area where I'm at in Oklahoma City. Um, I watched the Oklahoma State uh, spring game the other day, and I was okay with what I saw there. Other than that, um, not much. What about your week? Uh, my week went wonderfully. You know, the Lakers, they lost the rest of their games, so. They got knocked out. They got a pretty high th- – they get to keep their draft pick. So, I was pretty excited about that. I didn't do so well this week on DraftKings, but uh, every everything went all right, though. It wasn't too bad. It was, yeah. Cool. Yeah, well, without further ado here, I guess we should go on and get down to those happenings that took place out there on the track. Lay it on us, Josh. How did, how did that race go? It went pretty well. Um well, it was delayed for approximately, I think, about nine hours total. Well, the race started at the beginning of the day, and then they went into a rain delay. Basically, it started about three different times due to rain. Um, but they got the whole race in, which was surprising. I didn't think that was going to happen. And the winner was Matt Kenseth. He, um, he won the... It, they named it after Steve Burns, who is an a, announcer for Fox, and unfortunately he passed away this morning. So, um, But they raised a bunch of money for cancer awareness, so good kudos to Fox for running that promotion and raising money for cancer. Unfortunately, Steve Burns did die so today, which was sad. Right, but Matt Kenseth did win the race. Um, Jimmy Johnson finished second. He uh, posted his 15th top 10 finish and. 27 race at Bristol. Jimmy Johnson always runs good at Bristol. He, he, well, he runs good everywhere, to be honest with you, but especially Bristol. Um, Gordon finished third. He um, posted his 25, 25th top 10 and 45 races at Bristol. Another guy who runs consistently well at Bristol. There have been a, a bunch of guys in the top 10 this week that aren't normally there. So some of these names you might not recognize. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. finished fourth. That's his first top ten in the year for sure. He's 
specifically known for being Danica Batrick's boyfriend. That's probably how you know his name if you do know his name. <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Newman finished fifth. Um, Ryan Newman finished second in the points last year, but he's also more notably known for being the guy who got fined recently for um, having tires, uh, pinholes put in his tire to help him grip on the track. So um, Tony Stewart finished sixth. That's his first top ten of the year as well. Kyle Larson finished seventh. Um, I don't believe I believe Larson has finished in the top ten, but I think this is his second top ten of the year. Justin Allgaier, another guy who you never hear much about, but he's been running good actually this year. But I believe that is his first ten, top ten. Danica Patrick finished ninth, and for Danica Patrick, this was her ninth. Uh, this is uh, broke the record for most top tens for a female driver in NASCAR. Uh, she was tied with Janet Guthrie at six, I believe it was. She broke the record. Now is the all-time leader for women in NASCAR uh, sprint cup. Austin Dillon finished tenth. That's another guy we don't hear much about. This race is crazy. There was a bunch of bunch of guys who don't usually run good that ran good. And any race where Danica Patrick finishes in the top ten especially at a short track race like that. She she ran, she had a great race this week for her. So it, it's cool to see her running good because I think it's good to have a female influence in NASCAR. Uh, one last notable guy, Brett Moffitt, finished 17th. That was, he was the highest finishing rookie. Our two drivers um, did terrible. I don't even remember where they both finished, but they, it was, they both wrecked. So we didn't have a winner <laughs> this week from our predictions. Coming up race is uh, Richmond, Virginia. Starts at 7.14 Eastern, which is what time Western? That's 4.14 p.m. West Coast time here, Josh. 4.14 West Coast time. It's going to be 400 laps, 300 miles. That's a three-quarter mile D-shaped oval. Last year's race winner in April was Joey Logano. September winner was Brad Kavalowski. We're starting spot for a winner was Clint Moyer in May of 2008 when he started 31st. So you don't need to start up front to win the race. I am going to go ahead and pick, well, I think I'm going to run with Kevin Harvick again. <laughs> so I'm going to pick hey. Kevin Harvick again. Not a bad pick there, Josh. I think I'll go with yeah. Jimmy Johnson myself. That's a good pick. Yeah, and Johnson runs good at Virginia, and Harvick's been running good everywhere, so I think it's a safe bet. So that concludes the NASCAR beat for the week. Um, I'll have another one ready for you guys next week. Hopefully one of our drivers will win this week. Yeah, well, better me than you, because, I mean, you have 2-1 right now, so i I got to get back at you. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Hopefully you can tie me up or I can run away with the lead, one or the other. Uh, No, that ain't going down. I'm I'm too competitive about this thing here. Uh, and that was our weekly NASCAR beat. We will get next up. We got ourselves our, your fan, your weekly fantasy baseball um, segment. That's brought, brought to you by our sponsor DraftKings, which brings me to my next part. We now have a word from our sponsors now at DraftKings. The wait is finally over. Baseball season is here at last, and the excitement continues all season long at DraftKings.com, the official daily fantasy partner of Major League Baseball. Daily fantasy means no season-long commitment, just instant cash, instant gratification. Why wait until the end of the season to claim victory when you can win huge cash every day? At DraftKings, it's like a brand-new season every time you play. Just select two pitchers and eight position players, stay under the salary cap, and you can be on your way to an enormous payday. Last year, Peter from Colorado won a million bucks at DraftKings in one day, just playing fantasy baseball. Hundreds and thousands of fantasy sports fans just like you have already cashed in at DraftKings. Now it's your turn. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code SPREAKER to play for free. You can win part of the $300 million in prizes being awarded this season. Use promo code SPREAKER for free entry now at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. Think for a minute how you can make the difference in the life of a pet who has not known what it's like to be in a home or loved, a stray who's been abused, neglected, and is now waiting for a home in your local shelter. Sometimes you think you are doing them a favor, but when you adopt, you're the one whose life has changed. Adopt, 
a message from Northeast Animal Shelter in Salem, Massachusetts. So get yourself a pet, that, and it'll help turn your life around and make it and fill your life with joy. And that was our sponsored messages, Josh. Thank you again, DraftKings, and to the Animal Shelter in Salem, Massachusetts. Now it's time for our weekly fantasy baseball beat presented to you by DraftKings. How, how do you have your pitchers looking this week, Josh? Well, I think it's important to note that I had a very successful week last week. If you all listen to me, um, oh yeah, you had a very kick, you had a very kick-ass week to say the least. But I'll let you carry on. Go go for it. All right. Well, the pitchers I picked last week went ten and zero. Uh, we had two no decisions. Uh, Archie Bradley was one of the no decisions. They they were winning the game. They just blew the lead, and I'm not. I'm not remembering who the other one was. But, yeah, overall, I didn't have any losses on the week. All my pitchers won their matchups, and they went 10-0. and uh, They accumulated 131.7 DraftKings points, which is actually really well, really good. So, and overall ERA for my pitchers during the whole week, all 12 pitchers, was 2.33 ERA. So I'm hoping to repeat this week with the same performance. Um, for this week uh, on what day is it? Thursday. I'm going to go ahead and tell you to start Zach Grunke versus the Rockies. Uh, the Rockies um, are just, I just think uh, Grunke will dominate the Rockies when they're hit, and I don't think they're going to, I think Grunke's set to have a, a good game against. Oh, no, they're playing the Giants. I'm sorry. His last out was against the Rockies. They're playing the Giants, and the Giants pitcher is undecided at the moment. So disregard what I said about the Rockies. I misquoted what I was reading here. Masahiro uh, Tanaka against um, Anibal Sanchez and the Tigers. I would play Tanaka. He is pitching. He's two and one on the year, three point nine four ERA. Anibal Sanchez has been getting roughed up. Uh, his last two outings, he's got a seven point seven one ERA. Um, he's given up. Um, Five home runs already this year. He only gave up four home runs last year, all all last year in 2014. So that just goes to show you how Sanchez has been pitching this year. Take Tanaka, and you'll probably get a win, which is the goal. Uh, this was a tougher pick for me because I think either pitcher could win the game, but I, I'm taking Max, Max Scherzer to beat Michael Walker head-to-head. Um, they're both pitching really good on the air, but um, I think Scherzer will get the win. He only allowed uh, four hits last week, um, struck out nine. So I think Washington will get enough runs against Walker to get the win. So pick Scherzer. Um, are you gonna? Do you want to give your hitters for Thursday? Or do you want me to continue on with my pitchers? Uh, well, what I did was I did something a little different here, Josh. Instead of going with right. hitters for like the last three to for like daily, I just gave you some hitters that you should pick that should be on your lineup every day this week, just from what they've done so far this season and what yeah. they've been doing so far this week. We'll be okay. here. So go, oh, go ahead. What you got? Oh, well, I don't know. Do you want me to finish with my my pitchers, or do you want to go ahead and? Oh yeah, go, go ahead. Get, get to, you tell us all your pitchers, man. We need to we need all to right. go, go lock it down for us. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go a little bit quicker through this, though. On Friday, um, Jacob DeGrom versus Michael Pineda, I think the Mets are going to win that game. Um, DeGrom's pitching amazing this year, so play DeGrom. Uh, Dallas Keuchel, um, Houston pitcher versus Scott Kazmaier. That's a toss-up game, but I love how Keuchel's pitching right now, so I think they'll get the win in that game. Uh, Felix Hernandez versus Phil, uh, Phil Hughes of the Minnesota that sounds like a reasonable pick, but you need to keep in mind that um, Hernandez is having technics in his quad, so I'm hoping that he'll make it through through the five innings to at least get a decision, but Hughes isn't pitching good right now, so Hernandez is a good play there. Saturday, Matt Harvey versus uh, CeCe Zabathia. Zabathia is getting roughed up this year. The 1-3 on the year is 4.35 ERA. Harvey is pitching decent. He's 3-0 with a 3.5 ERA. Um, I think he's a good start against the Yankees. In fact, you're going to hear me mention the Mets a lot this week because I think they have favorable matchups against the Yankees this weekend. Strasburg versus Tom Kohler uh, of the Marlins. 
Tommy Kohler, uh, one point uh, one and two on the year, six point seven five ERA for Strasburg has a one and one record for the four point five year. I I told you last week to play Strasburg despite his performance up to this point. I think he's going to get another one. I think you play him again. Adam Wainwright, I like Wainwright um, against Peralta for sure. Peralta's five point six ERA on the year, zero and two on. And Milwaukee just can't hit. So you're going to want to go ahead and play Adam Wainwright on Saturday. Sunday matchups, as I told you, I'm going to be telling you a lot of Mets pitchers this week. Jonathan Neese versus Nathan Eovaldi. Uh, Eovaldi had a nice out in his last one out, but the Mets are winning games. And I think you need to stick with stick with the team that's winning games until they stop winning games. That's how I go about making picks sometimes when I do pitching. So um, definitely pick, play Jonathan Neese until the Mets prove otherwise. This was a tougher game. Uh, Nick Martinez of the Rangers is 2-0 and on the year, and he's got a .45 ERA. They're playing Los Angeles Angels and Hector Saniego. I just think Martinez is pitching lights out right now, so I think he might be a – he might be a – you know, not recognized name for most people out there, but I think you might get a win out of him, or at least some decent innings, so go ahead and play him. Chris Archer for Tampa Bay, who's 2-2 two two on the air with a 1.07 ERA versus Mark Burle, um, who's actually 3-0 and on the air, but has a 4.07 ERA. He's getting a lot of run support from the Blue Jays. I still think Archer's the better pitcher here, so go ahead and play Chris Archer. So those are my pitching... My um, pitching picks for the week. I'd uh, like to hear your hidden picks for the week. Mm, for the week here, well, we're gonna we're gonna start out here in L.A. We we got ourselves a slugger who needs no introduction. He had three home runs earlier this season in a game against the San Diego Padres, and I say to keep him in your lineup until he goes on about a over for fifteen, over twenty slump. That's Adrian Gonzalez. He's batting four forty two this season, and he has five home runs. There is no excuse for this guy not to be in your lineup unless you like losing money. <laughs> I agree. Up next, up next here we got the Baltimore Orioles big time slugger Adam Jones. He's also hitting 442 this season, along with five home runs, and he's got 16 RBI. So if I if I'm looking for a slugger to put in, I'm going with Adam Jones also. Then here we got a guy who's off of this one. This week he's just done nothing but get on base. We've got Nick Martakis from the Atlantic Braves. He's batting. He's been. He's got a 7.22 on base percentage this this week, and he's gone eight for 13 for a 6.15 batting clip. So you can get you get three points for a hit in DraftKings. So this is a guy you want to have around. He gets on base. Up next here we have Josh Donaldson from the Toronto Blue Jays. His last seven games, he's batting 520 also. Anytime you can bat over 500, uh, you know you're on a bit of a hot streak there. And he's all, he's also have a, he has a 511 on base percentage himself also. So with Batista struggling out there, and you want to go with a Blue Jay, I think I'd take Donaldson at this time myself. Next up, we got ourselves the home run leader from the Seattle Mariners, Nelson Cruz. After a slow start, he's caught fire. He's hit eight home runs this season along with 16 RBIs, and he's forming a formidable one-two punch over there with Robinson Cano. Trust me, I saw those guys like my Dodgers up not too long ago, and it looks like Seattle, they're finally starting to come around offensively. Which brings me to my next player, a former Dodger, the San Diego Padres' Matt Kemp. He has him, so he only has one home run so far this season, but he's done a great job when he, with, with his bat. He does have 14 RBI and he has 22 hits this season to lead the San Diego Padres, who are off to a fast 10-5 and five start. So if you're looking for another guy that probably isn't as expensive as these other players to put in your DraftKings lineup, maybe Matt Kemp would be the way to go. Up next, we got ourselves uh, a big-time bag stealer. If these guys can get on base, you, got yourself some stole, you get yourself some stolen base points too here. And I'm talking about the former Dodger from the Miami Marlins, D. Gordon. Not only does he have 23 hits and a 423 batting average in his last seven games this week, he's also stolen seven bags. So you get five points also on DraftKings if you're still a bag. And D. D. Gordon 
man, he, he's Flash Gordon's son, so you know he very rarely gets caught. So I would add him to my lineup just to have a shot at getting those stolen base points. And we're going to go with another bag stealer here, Billy Hamilton from the Cincinnati Reds. His batting average leaves much to be desired. He's only batting 192 so far this season. But if he can draw a walk or actually get a base hit, look out. He currently leads the league in stolen bases with eight. So that, that's another place you might want to go if you're looking for offensive um, output on the bases this weekend. And up next we have a player from the Detroit Tigers who actually slammed a couple of home runs last week. He got off to a bit of a slow start. He's new in town. I'm talking about Cuban superstar Joanna Cespedes. He's, he has nine RBI, and most of them came in that game against the Chicago White Sox last week where he socked the two home runs. I think this could only be the beginning of a hot streak for him, so make sure you get him in your lineup at some point this weekend also. And we'll finish off with our Cincinnati Reds team. I'll go with Zach Cozart. He seems to be coming around also for the Cincinnati Reds. His last seven games, he's hit four home runs. So I'd say he's really starting to figure out some things. And that's pretty much our hitting report this week. So make sure that you get these top ten in your lineup. If you don't get them in there, you don't like money. I'll, I'll track the points for these guys this weekend, and we'll check back with you next week. Hopefully I can be, I can have as good of a week as Josh had with his pitchers. So that that's our fantasy baseball report presented by DraftKings. You got anything you wanted to add there, Josh? The uh, only thing I would mention is uh, um, CC Sabathia versus the Mets. I think the Mets are going to put up some runs, so I would put some Mets hitters in your lineup probably against Sabathia. Uh, and the Yankees this weekend, to be honest with you. I think the Mets are going to win two, at least two of those games this weekend. Anyway, that's any, my opinion. You got, got anybody you want to suggest? Uh, Kadire, Michael Kadire probably, or uh, Lucas Duda uh, would be suggestions for right now for me with how they're – Duda hasn't hit any home runs yet this year, though, um, unless he hit one today, which I – I didn't watch the game today. I missed it. So, But I know they won. Um, yeah, so Duda doesn't do a home run, so it's coming. Yeah, well, I know Wilmer Flores hit one today for the Mets to get them the 3-2 victory yeah. over there over the Braves. So that may be another player you want to look at. Yeah, he's been hitting good, too. I think he's hit uh, a home run the last three games. So, <laughs> yeah, it might be a good play, too. Yeah. Well, check in with us every week, and we'll give you the rundown of the players that you should have in your lineup to help you win money at DraftKings.com. Remember, if you can't trust us, you don't like money. <laughs> <laughs> I like that saying. <laughs> Yeah, I think we should use it more often. <laughs> That's right. And yesterday, we got what everybody's been looking forward to all winter long. The NFL schedule has finally come out. We got ourselves some great games here in the West this season. Uh, we got It all gets started here on September 10th when the New England Patriots, who are not from the West, but the defending champions nonetheless, they get to open their season up against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who will be without Le'Veon Bell for that matchup because he wanted to sit there and get high with LeGarrette Blunt, who I believe is also out for that game. <laughs> so you get no Cheech and Chong there. And what we'll be doing tonight is we'll be going over the big games in the West for the West Coast teams, and we'll take a look at their schedules bit by bit to let you know when they have their big breaks in the schedule, when they have their toughest parts, and we'll see how many wins you think they could get from these schedules. So I guess being Raider Rome and all, without further ado, we should take a look here at the Oakland Raiders schedule to begin here. The Raiders, for the first time since 2012, they'll open their season at home with the date with the Cincinnati Bengals. Hugh Jackson returns to Oaktown. That should be a pretty interesting match in itself. Will the Raiders, led by young Derek Carr, be ready to get off to a good start in that one. And would DJ Hayden be prepared for the mat, for the one-on-one matchup against A.J. Green? And the Cincinnati Bengals themselves, they're ready to get off of that playoff side that they've been on. They haven't won a playoff game in about 25 years. So they'll be looking to get off to a good start against the Raiders also. Mm, you got any thoughts on that game, Josh? Well, I mean, the Bengals are going to be the favorites, of course, but uh... – 
I don't know. I don't know how the Bengals are going to start the season off next year. Um, if they start off fast like they did last year, the Raiders could be, you know, looking at a tough game. But I think the Raiders are going to be an improved team this year. I think they're going to they're going to win some games. But yeah, so that's my opinion right now. I'd like to oh, think yeah. the Raiders are going to do in the draft before I make any, you know, assumptions here. <laughs> oh yeah, I really look forward to that one. Hopefully, we got Leonard Williams chasing around um, Andy Dalton all day long. Then the next couple of games for the Raiders, for the first time since 1969, Oakland actually opens the season up playing two home games. They get they get a tough matchup with the Baltimore Ravens afterwards. Then they'll hit the road for a couple at Cleveland and Chicago before facing their first divisional opponent in the Denver Broncos. Good thing they get a few um, out-of-division games before they deal with that battle with um, Peyton Manning and the like. That becomes the – then the Raiders, after their week six bye, they hit the road to San Diego. So that'll be another tough divisional game. Then the Raiders they get they get a pretty much a, of an unknown in week eight. The New York Jets come west to tangle with the Raiders. Then in week nine they have themselves a cross country showdown where they'll have to handle the Pittsburgh Steelers led by Ben Roethlisberger. The Raiders have played the Steelers well in past in past games, but now you have to go cross country. That should be a pretty tough matchup there for the Oakland Raiders. I hope they've got what it takes to handle it. Then here in week 10, we got themselves a pretty interesting matchup. We got ourselves a battle of young guns here as Teddy Bridgewater comes out to the black hole to do battle with Derek Carr and the Raiders. That should be one of the more interesting matchups on this schedule here. Then the Raiders, they travel to Detroit after that for a pre-Thanksgiving showdown with the Lions. So another big game for DJ Hayden having to go up against Megatron there. Should be, should be interesting. The Raiders should be able to run the ball pretty well now that Detroit's lost most of their defensive front four. I'm just glad we have to deal with Sue in that one. Then you got then you got a trip to Tennessee after that one, coming up after Thanksgiving. Who knows what the Titans will look like? Will they have Marcus Mariota? Will they have Phillip Rivers? Only time will tell in that one. Then in December, that's when things get interesting. If the Oakland Raiders can't keep themselves in the race, at least until December. They get four out of their five their four out of their last five games will be against divisional opponents, starting with a week thirteen game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Afterwards they travel to Denver to take on Peyton Manning and the Broncos. They get a big time game where Aaron Rodgers comes into the black hole right before Christmas on a week fifteen tilt. <laughs> and Christmas Eve, you got the rivalry game, NFL Network, Thursday night football. The San Diego Chargers will come into the black hole to take on the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders actually defeated the Chargers last time they played on national TV about a couple years ago when that late night thriller. And the Raiders, they ended up on the 3rd of January at Kansas City in Arrowhead Stadium taking on another hated rival, the Kansas City Chiefs. So after looking at that schedule, Josh, what would you say the Raiders, um, just going right now, how do you you think they have a chance to stack up against these opponents? Well, week 14 and 15, they have tough games. Well, in week five as well. I, well, and Bengals, they have a, they have a, the Raiders have a pretty tough schedule overall, I would say, uh, especially with playing Denver twice and, you know, um, having Green Bay come in or is that a, yeah, it's a home game. So, um, I, I think they should be able to beat Cleveland <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, the Tennessee, they should be able to win that game. Um, they might be able to beat the Chiefs again this year. Lions might be a tough game for them to win. Uh, Jets, they could win. Uh, no one knows. No one knows how the Jets are going to be. The, the, look, the Raiders could win seven to eight games this year, probably, um, if mm. things go right. Uh, I was kind of thinking that myself. My first um, impression from looking at this schedule is the Raiders. I think in order to make that last tough stretch of the season matter, they have to at least get to four and four in the first eight games meaning they have to win one of these first two home games with Cincinnati and Baltimore. That's just imperative. You can beat the Cleveland Browns and the Chicago Bears. I mean, these are all winnable games. Denver, we're probably still not on that level yet. I mean, we play San Diego and the Jets tough. So, four and four, if they can do that in their first eight, they can get to November probably six, five and seven, six and six, somewhere in there. December, for the first time in a few years, should matter to the Raider Nation. I don't don't see us making the playoffs, but we do make huge strides this year. We get about seven to eight victories, and that should be enough to get um, the Raider fans that don't like Reggie McKenzie off of his back. All right. 
We up here, you want to do the Denver Broncos, Josh, or you want me to handle that one? I can I can do the Broncos, sure. All right, I'll let you handle Denver here. All righty. Um, well, let's see. Uh, week one, they've got Baltimore, uh, which is going to be a good game to start off the season. Uh, then they followed up two away games, uh, one on a Thursday night against Kansas City, the next one against Detroit on a Sunday night. Then they have Minnesota at home uh, on October 4th. Then come in the dreaded Oakland Raiders, or actually they go away to the Raiders on the 11th of October. Then they go to Cleveland on the 18th. On November 1st, they play Green Bay at home on Sunday night, which will be a good game to watch for sure. Um, that I'll be interested to see how Green Bay and Denver are playing going into November. Start start November off. That's when uh, wins start to matter for sure. Then they go on the road to Indianapolis. So they got two really tough games. Actually, they got three tough games here because they play Kansas City on the 15th. But on the 8th, they go to Indianapolis to play them. So those three tough games in a row. Then they get what I would imagine is probably going to be a winnable game against Chicago where they go on the road against Chicago. On December 29th, a Sunday night game, a big game, probably for the AFC, one of the top AFC teams. I won't make any predictions at the moment, but I think it'll be probably one of the top two or three um, picks or seeds, I should say. Uh, They play New England at home, which is the first time in, I think, two matchups where they get to actually play New England at home. So that will be a, a good winnable game for them. And then they play San Diego on the road on de- December 6th. Then they play the Raiders on the 13th at home. I missed their bye week. Which Do you remember what their bye week was? Uh, oh, let's see. Where is Denver's bye week at here? Hmm. I, I missed it. I'm sorry. But anyway, so we'll uh, the 25th, um, October 25th is Denver's bye week here. So they get it between okay. games six and seven here. All right, cool. Um, so then the 20th, they play at Pittsburgh. There's a lot of tough AFC games. It looks like the Denver's going through their schedule right now. It looks like they play all the best teams on, in the AFC. So, that yeah, then they play Cincinnati on Monday night on the 28th of December. And then they end the season at San Diego or at home against San Diego, and they're at home against Cincinnati. I don't know if I mentioned that on the one minute game. So yeah, the Broncos have a lot of tough games. They I, they, I think they play all the AFC teams that everyone's expecting to be in title contention. So, and then they got Detroit and uh, Detroit and Green Bay, which is not not easy either. So. Interesting schedule for the Broncos. Hopefully, Manning's ready for it. What's your yeah, opinion well, on the schedule? Well, the first thing I thought of when I looked at this schedule, if this is Peyton's last ride, they're definitely going to make him earn it. I mean, he gets to battle a very tough defensive opponent right off the bat in the Baltimore Ravens. Even So even if, even if Denver gets past that one, then you get an early season trip to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's a game that's not friendly for anyone. I mean, we could ask your boy Tom Brady about that one last year. That's not a fun experience. I mean, Detroit, that, that's a t- that should be a tough game in Ford Field. Although the Lions, they aren't as dangerous as they were last year. I mean, they lost a lot defensively, but they'll still be up for that one. Matthew Stafford and Megatron, they'll be prepared for that one. Denver, they, it looks like here they get a few games to, to gain some confidence here before the middle of the season. They go into what I just call a hell of a gauntlet. We'll even call that one a murderer's row. Starting the 1st of November, you got Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers coming into your house, a team who's still probably pissed that they didn't get to the Super Bowl. So they'll be prepared for that one. Then you go to Indy and you take on Andrew Luck and the Colts, the Colts who I believe have next in that hierarchy of AFC powerhouses. They'll be prepared. Then you got Kansas City coming in again. The Broncos, they should be able to beat the Chiefs at home. But Kansas City, they won't be a pushover. They still got that defense led by Justin Houston and Tom Bahali. I mean, you get a you get a um, pretty much a breather here with Chicago, but you know there are no easy games on the road in the NFL before you take on the New England Patriots in the Battle of Masters and what I believe will be the final time we see Brady and Manning get together. Then the December stacks up 
where Denver should try to stock wins up, at least for a first-round bye, if they can get the win in San Diego. The Raiders aren't ready to battle Denver yet on a divisional level, but by that point, Denver should be able to beat the Raiders, although I just hope Oakland can compete in that one, before finishing the season with two tough ones, going all the way across country on Christmas weekend to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, that's never fun for anybody. But at least they get the Cincinnati Bengals at home in Week 16 on Monday Night Football. And I see Week 17 against San Diego as a game where Denver, they probably could rest starters because they'll have either a one or two seed locked up, and it'll be good rest for Peyton. I'm going to go out and look at this, looking at this schedule. I can say Denver can get about 11, 12 wins from this, and this will be their last ride. What do you, what do you say? I was thinking 10, 10 or 11 wins. I think they have a tough schedule. I, I think they're going to win it. They're going to win a couple of the games that are going to be tough. They're, New England has their number right now. That's a team that they're, they struggle against. I don't, But no one knows how New England's going to be this year with the defensive changes. But I'm, I'm just going to estimate 10, 10 to 11 wins probably for Denver right now. All right, 10 to 11, not, not a bad call here. We'll move on to the next of our AFC West, of our AFC West brethren. We got ourselves the Kansas City Chiefs here. They started out 9-0 two years ago under Andy Reid. Then last season, they came up just short of the playoffs with a 9-7 and record. And they'll open up their season at the Houston Texans, who always have a tough defense led by J.J. Watt. The question I wonder from that one is, will Davian Clowney actually get on the field and chase um, Alex Smith around a little bit? After they deal with that one, they, they open their home season up on Thursday night football before the whole country taking on the aforementioned Denver Broncos and Peyton Manning. So that should be a tough one. Arrowhead will be rocking for that one. Then Kansas City on Monday night in one of those Super Bowl rematches, they'll take on the Green Bay Packers. <clears throat> I don't know if they can handle that one. Aaron Rodgers and the Pack, they're going to be ready to just take out anybody in their way. So if Kansas City can survive that one, then they may be all right going forward, but I don't see a one in this one here. Then they, they get a tough road test with the Cincinnati Bengals after that. The Bengals, I mean, they've been tough over the last few years with their rushing attack led by Jeremy Hill and um, Giovanni Bernard. And Vontez Burfecht leading their defense. So that'll be another tough game for the Chiefs. They get kind of a winnable home game after that in week five as the Chicago Bears come in. But the Bears and the Chiefs, though, they're kind of on the same level, so we'll see how that goes there. Then Kansas City, they get to travel to the to Minnesota for an outdoor showdown with the Vikings and Teddy Bridgewater. I rather I really look forward to that one, see how Bridgewater's grown. Then after that, the Chiefs, they get to host the Pittsburgh Steelers and young and Ben Roethlisberger. That ought to be an interesting matchup there before crossing the pond to take on the Detroit Lions at one of those early London showdowns. So get up early in the morning for that one. <laughs> then after their bye, that's when it really gets interesting for the Chiefs. They they come off their bye with back-to-back AFC West road tilts at Denver and at San Diego. They get the Chargers on Sunday night football. So the, the Chiefs better be ready for this one. If they lose both of these games coming out of the bye, I seriously don't think that their playoff hopes will be realistic. But they get a home game with Buffalo. Then after that, they travel to Oakland. And the Raiders always play the Chiefs tough in a black hole. Last season ending their 0-10 start by actually defeating the Kansas City Chiefs. Then the Chiefs, they get the Chargers at home. They travel to Baltimore after that game. Then they close it up with a couple of wonderful matchups with the Cleveland Browns and the Oakland Raiders. From looking at this schedule, I think Kansas City, their schedule has been pretty much Tough games, easy games, they're pretty much um, split out pretty perfectly. So there's really no murderer's row here. I think for the big the big part of the schedule for Kansas City is when they come off of their November 8th bye, they get all three of their AFC West road opponents in a four-week span. You get Denver, San Diego, and a trip to Oakland. And even the Raiders shouldn't be a pushover at that point. So the Chiefs, I'll give them about seven to eight wins. And if they can steal a couple of these road games, they should be right there in the AFC playoff race. Your call, Josh. You. Um, the thing with the Kansas City schedule is, I think the toughest part of the schedule is week two to four, where they play the Broncos, Packers, and Bengals. But another team that might be improved this year is the Texans. So that might not be an easy first game. <laughs> so I'll be interested to see how the Texans start the season off because that team is going to, I think, is going to be a little bit better this year. So. But two through four are definitely tough, tough weeks for the Chiefs, and then they have uh, eight, uh, eighth week, and then they have a bye in the ninth, and then they play after the bye they play 
the Broncos on the road. So that's a tough, tough little two game set uh, set there too. So, and then they should the 11th through week 17. Those are games that they can win, I would say, for the majority of the 11 through 17. So if they even win half those games, I think they're probably um, they're probably a seven eight win team, or yeah, seven eight maybe if the everything goes right a nine win team. So yeah, I'd be confident saying seven eight right now. Oh yeah, I got to give you kudos there, Josh. You did bring up something I forgot to mention. The Chiefs do open their season with three of the first four on the road. Uh, my bad, fans, for neglecting to uh, lay that out for you. I was too interested in these divisional games that they had coming up off of their bye. <laughs> no, that's good, man. And which brings us to the next of our AFC West of our AFC, the last of our AFC West teams, the San Diego Chargers. Will this be their final season in San Diego? They get it started week one, hosting the Detroit Lions at Qualcomm Stadium. A Detroit team who really no one knows how it's going to look defensively, but offensively they're pretty tough. After that, the Chargers, they hit the road for a couple games. They take on the Cincinnati Bengals and the Miami Dolphins in cross-country showdowns. So you know how you know how it always goes with the West coming to the East. They get a pretty winnable game week four. They come back home to take on the Cleveland Browns. Then they get a home game on national TV against the Pittsburgh Steelers, a battle of masters between Roethlisberger and Phillip Rivers. That 2004 draft never dies, does it? Then after that, they hit the road for a showdown that should be nationally televised by CBS, the Green Bay Packers, and at Lambeau Field. Aaron Rodgers, he'll be prepared for that one. They hit the, they come back home week seven, and they take on the Oakland Raiders, who probably will be prepared to move to L.A. with them, but that's another story for another day. That's neither here nor there. They hit, then they hit the road and head to Baltimore. That's not very fun for anybody. But they get the cushion of blow with a home Monday night showdown with the Chicago Bears. After the bye, they get a lot of winnable games here. They come off of their bye. They host the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday, on Sunday night football. They get to take, they get that game. Then they get a road trip to Jacksonville. After that, <clears throat> I misspoke here because December looks like it's going to be hell on wheels for the San Diego Chargers. You get a trip to Arrowhead Stadium, and you got two, and you got Denver twice in a, in a five weeks. Um, you got Denver twice in a five week loop. On the 20th of December, you host the you host the Miami Dolphins. Then on Christmas Eve, the, the road game that's not Denver, you actually have to take on the Oakland Raiders in the black hole. And you know the Raiders, they'll be up for that one. Then San Diego, they'll close their season out on January 3rd at Denver. My impressions from this schedule, San Diego, they should be able to take care of the home games. What is going to really come down to them, for them as far as the playoffs go? How will they be able to perform against the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs? Because those are the teams that kept San Diego out of the playoffs last year, and they're going to have to be prepared to defeat these guys this season. They, they, they're going to have to find a way to win one of these NFC North games out of either Green Bay or Detroit. So that'll help out also. Then the Pittsburgh Steelers, they'll be much improved. They'll have Le'Veon back for that one. So if the Chargers can get that one, they should be all right. So my prediction after looking at this schedule here, I'll give the San Diego Chargers nine victories in their in what could be their final season in San Diego. What do you got, Jeff? Well, I honestly think the Chargers schedule all depends on what happens with Phillip Rivers. Are they going to actually really trade him like the rumors are? So um, for me, it's hard to say without knowing what happens until draft day with the Chargers. So, but if we look at it with Phillip Rivers as a quarterback or going into the season. Uh, Lions and Bengals starting one and two. Those are games they should be able to win with Rivers, I would say, for sure. Um, one game on the schedule that – or there's three games on the schedule I don't think the Chargers can win, probably. Green Bay, I don't see them beating Green Bay. I don't see them being able to beat Denver either time this year. But then again, they always manage to play Denver tough. So, who knows? If Rivers on the team, on the field, they can win games. I think their schedule, they have a lot of games they can win, a lot of games that they are, you know, 50-50 games where if they show up, they're going to win. If not, like specifically if you look at Week 8 against Baltimore, that's one of those 50-50 games for the Chargers. Um, The Steelers, I don't know, are the Steelers really going to be the AFC title contenders? Are they going to be a 10-11 win team? I don't know what Steelers team is going to show up. 
and they have four weeks of struggle without Le'Veon Bell. So who, no one knows how the Steelers are going to play and going on uh, when they play them, and the Chargers play them in week five. So um, if they have Rivers, they can win nine to ten games. If they don't have Rivers, they might be a six-win team. So that's really how I look at it right now. Yeah, the San Diego Chargers, they are one of those teams that you never know what you're going to get from them. So if Rivers stays, we'll say nine wins. If he takes off and you have to play a backup or somebody like that, we'll go with seven, eight wins. <clears throat> and that, that's been our AFC West schedule look. We'll return after a short break here and give you the NFC West rundown. And now a word from DraftKings. The wait is finally over. Baseball season is here at last, and the excitement continues all season long at DraftKings.com, the official daily fantasy partner of Major League Baseball. Daily fantasy means no season-long commitments, just instant cash, instant gratification. Why wait until the end of the season to claim victory when you can win huge cash every day? At DraftKings, it's like a brand-new season every time you play. Just select two pitchers and eight position players, stay under the salary cap, and you could be on your way to an enormous payday. Last year, Peter from Colorado won a million bucks at DraftKings in one day, just playing fantasy baseball. Hundreds of thousands of fantasy sports fans just like you have already cashed in at DraftKings. Now it's your turn. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code SPREAKER to play for free. You can win part of the $300 million in prizes being awarded this season. Use promo code SPREAKER for free entry now at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. Think for a minute how you could make the difference in the life of a pet who has not known what it's like to be in a home or love. A stray who's been abused neglected, and is now waiting for a home in your local shelter. Sometimes you think you're doing them a favor, but when you adopt, you're the one whose life is changed. Adopt. This has been a message from the Northeast Animal Shelter in Salem, Massachusetts. And Raider Rome back here with the, with the NFC teams in the NFC, uh, I mean the NGSC West Recess. We'd like to say thank you again to the Northeast Animal Shelter in Salem, Massachusetts. And we'd also like to say thank you to our sponsor, DraftKings. And now we'll move on to the NFC here. The Seattle Seahawks, a team coming off of a crushing defeat in that football game in February to a team whose name will not be spoken. (laughs) (laughs) Russell Wilson trying to come back after pretty much his coach doing the dumbest thing that we've ever seen in, in at least the last 15 to 20 years anyway. They get it started. We have two road games. No respect for these guys. They get to take on a team in the St. Louis Rams who should be very much improved. That should be a pretty interesting opener there. Then they get the rematch with the Green Bay Packers. You get the NFC NFC championship game part two. Then the the, um, Seahawks come home for a couple of games. On September 27th of week three, they get to host the, the Chicago Bears. So I'm sure they'll open their NFC title defense um, with a win there. Then on Monday night, they get to take on the Detroit Lions. That should be a pretty interesting matchup in its own right. They hit the road in week five to take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Then in week six, they'll host the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers and Seahawks always have such tough physical matchups. Then in week seven, we have the game that most people call the blood bath, or you have the Bloods versus the Crips, something like that, when the Seahawks and the 49ers get it on on Thursday night football, two teams who can't stand each other. <laughs> in week eight, the Seahawks, they get 10 days off before they go to Dallas and take on a Cowboy team who feels that they were slighted in their own right, so they'll be prepared for that one. Seattle, they get a bye, then they go into the meat of their schedule where it's going to be pretty tough. They get to take on an Arizona Cardinals team who should be at full strength this time. They didn't have um, Carson Palmer in the two games that they faced the Seahawks with last season. He should be there and raring to go, but the 12th man will be prepared also. After that, the Seahawks, they, they, get, they get the um, 49ers in their house. And Seattle, they've handled San Francisco pretty well the, over the years in the, um, <clears throat> in the Seahawks stadium. They also get the Steelers coming in after that matchup, the third of three tough opponents. But the great thing for the Seahawks is all three of these games are at home, and you know how it is with that 12-man. Folks should be up and ready to go for that one. December pretty much leads to a couple of divisional tilts and a couple of tough games. They'll travel to Minnesota, who should be much improved, on the 6th of December, followed by a Sunday night road trip across country to Baltimore to take on the Ravens and Joe Flacco, who's always a tough customer. 
Then they come home for a couple of games. They get the Cleveland Browns and the St. Louis Rams. And I think that game should be pretty important to the Rams' playoff hopes. Then in Week 17, the Seahawks travel to the desert to take on the Cardinals in a game that could mean the AFC, the NFC West Championship or New Year's weekend. Looking at the schedule, if Seattle can get past Green Bay and take out the Rams and get it to a 2-0 start, it's going to be pretty tough to see anybody that can touch them. If, if this does happen, Seattle should be able to win 12 to 13 games again. But say they get off to a 1-1, 0-2 start from these two tough games, they could have to scratch and claw all the way just to a division title like they did last season. My prediction is that Seattle wins a couple of these tough matchups and they get to 11-5, 12-4, and should be in the mix again for home field advantage in the NFC. Your call, Josh. I can't wait to watch the game against the Packers. Uh, that's going to be a good game. That might be the most important game of the year, actually, uh, for the NFC. We could determine who the NFC one seed is. Um, so it's going to be an important game. Um, week eight is another game where we could be fighting for the number one seed uh, against the Cowboys. And then you have the Steelers on the 12th, which should be um, a good offensive versus defense battle. And then uh, then you have the Cardinals games, too. Um, if the Cardinals play anything like they did last year um, with Palmer on the field, that those two games should be interesting, too. Unfortunately, the 49ers are expected to fall off this year, so those games won't be as meaningful as they normally are. And the Rams game, uh, the Rams uh, beat. Seattle last year, so the Rams seem to have a good game plan when they played Seattle, so it's possible they could give them a run for their money. Um, Seattle's, a, Seattle's a Super Bowl contender, I would say, so they're probably going to win 12 to 13 games, but um, like I said, week two is probably one of the most important games for Seattle on their schedule, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I actually think the Rams could take the Seahawks opening day just because Seattle, they always struggle in the Dome in St. Louis. So the Rams, if they're ready for that one, they, they could be ready to roll. Speaking of the Rams, I'm going to go on and let you give us the rundown on their schedule here, Josh. Okay, the St. Louis Rams. Sure. Um, okay, so St. Louis Rams have uh, Seattle, as we talked about earlier, uh, first week of the year. Then they take on Washington, which should be a winnable game for St. Louis, I'd say. Um, they're on the road against Washington on the September 20th. On the 27th of September, they have a home game against Pittsburgh. Um, October 4th, they play Arizona on the road, and then they have two tough games on the road, in fact. On the 11th, they also play Green Bay. Then they get a bye week, and then on the 25th, they play Cleveland, which should be a winnable game for St. Louis for sure. And actually those 49er games should be winnable games for the St. Louis this year too, I would imagine. On November 1st, they play San Francisco. On the 8th of November, they play Minnesota on the road. On the 15th, they get a home game against Chicago. Then two semi-tough games on the road. On the 22nd and 29th, they have Baltimore, then they have Cincinnati. On December 6th, they play Arizona, 13th, Detroit, and 17th, Tampa Bay. And all those games are going to be um, home games. So they got a good good beginning of December where they got a few uh, games on uh, at home. And on the 17th, that game's a Thursday night game against Tampa Bay, just in case anyone's interested. Then they end the season with Seattle on the 27th and... On the third, they play San Francisco, and both those games are on the road. So looking at St. Louis' schedule, I think the games they should be able to win are Cleveland, San Francisco games, Minnesota game, um, Tampa Bay game, Washington game. So right there, I don't, I didn't count that in my head when I was saying it, but those are that's at least six games. And if they can beat St. Seattle in the first week of the year, like you just mentioned. That's seven games right there that should be able to win. Um, not that I'm saying they're going to win that game. So games, looking at the schedule, they should win six. Um, how many do I think they're going to win? Probably eight. Eight, eight wins probably sounds about right for St. Louis. 
What do you think, Carol? St. Louis, take a good look. This is you're going. This this is the year that this team finally takes that step. They get over 500 and become a serious playoff contender, and they're, and they're not going to be there um, probably most likely after this season. I'll, I'll say the Rams, they come out, they make a strong statement opening day, and they'll defeat the two-time defending NFC champion Seattle Seahawks. They'll use that to at least parlay themselves to a 3-2 and two start, which they're going to need with games against the Steelers, Cardinals, and Green Bay. After that, the schedule softens considerably for the Rams with the four games with the Browns, 49ers, Vikings, and Bears. So Minnesota could be a formidable opponent, depending on what goes on with their situation. <clears throat> November, that end of November gets pretty interesting for the Rams after that, as they travel to Baltimore and Cincinnati. They get a split there. That just sweetens the pot for them. Because going into December, you got all three winnable home games here with Arizona, Detroit, and Tampa Bay. You get all three of these games, you make the, C- the Seattle game probably mean a little bit more than it's meant in the past at, at the end of the year. And the Rams, you dock off San Francisco the last day of the season, that game could also mean either a division title or a playoff berth. The Rams get that win. I say they'll be in the playoffs. And you got a schedule here that sets up for potentially nine to ten victories. They have to take advantage of that three-game homestand in December, however. That's the most important thing. And I think Jeff Fisher finally has the team and the horses to do it with Nick Foles playing quarterback. And now we come to a team who could have been a Super Bowl contender last year, but just too much wrong happened to them. You got you lost your starting quarterback last year. You lost your running back in Andre Ellington. We're talking about those Arizona Cardinals. When they start the season November 13th at home against the New Orleans Saints, CP3, Carson Palmer should be back in the fold. You don't have to deal with Ryan Lindley. Then after that, you get a road trip to Chicago that you should be able to navigate. Week three, you get you get a team that nobody really knows what they're going to get against the San Francisco 49ers. That's part of a homestand with the St. Louis Rams. Actually, the Cardinals opened up the season with three of their first four at home, so they have to take advantage of that. They hit the road for a couple of toughies after that one with the Detroit Lions and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Then they get a big home game with the Baltimore Ravens on Monday Night Football. They hit the road after that against the Cleveland Browns, a team who could be tough but looking for quarterback help. So we never we don't know what that matchup is going to be like. Good thing here, Seattle, Arizona, you get your bye right in the middle of the season. But as soon as you come out, it's, it's time to get it on. You get a trip to Seattle to take on the 12th man and the Seahawks. Then you host the Cincinnati Bengals, who are always a tough team. You, you hit the road coming back to take on the San Francisco 49ers. As we said before, we're not sure what they'll be like. But the 49ers, they, they're always a tough opponent in the field of G's, Levi Stadium. Then you get a road trip to the St. Louis Rams. Could just be a playoff eliminator for both teams. Then after that, you get the Minnesota Vikings at home on Thursday night football, a game Arizona should be able to take. But the last three games, man, talk about I'm glad it ain't me. You get a cross-country trip to Philadelphia right before Christmas. Then you close it out with the Green Bay Packers and the Seattle Seahawks. The great thing that Arizona has going for them in that, both of those games are at home. I'm going to say that Arizona should be able to navigate the schedule. They should be able to win the bulk of their home games. There's still a couple of road ones, namely the games at Cleveland and the game at Chicago. And I'm going to say that the Cardinals, they'll be the third of the three NFC West teams in the playoffs with 10 victories. Your call, Josh. Well, Arizona's lucky they have a pretty favorable schedule to start the year off uh, first four games. So those are four winnable games. Um, Detroit and uh, Pittsburgh toss-up games for Arizona, in my opinion. So they win one of those. That's five right there. Um, then they get the Ravens at at, ho- at home. That should be a winnable game. But the Ravens, uh, they looked good in the playoffs last year. They almost beat New England. So who knows what team shows up there. Um, overall, um, especially the last three weeks, they got a tough schedule um, with Seattle, Green Bay, and well, actually, I should say it the other way around. Philadelphia, Packers, and Seahawks. Um, Ten-win team, I'd probably say right now. If I we're predicting Arizona as, as a, they're a playoff team. I would think if Palmer stays healthy and they don't have injuries like they did last year. I remember last year when 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 D. Will was the co-host here. I mean, he talked up Arizona quite a bit. And I didn't really believe them until they got off to that fast start. 
So this season, I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid until they give me reason to think otherwise. Can we for the cards? We speak in the same language there, Josh. Yeah. And, now our, and now our final team of the night, a team who's actually been one of the NFL powers the last few years. They fell from grace last season with an 8-8 eight and eight mark. They got rid of their coach. They made a lot of changes this year, and they could fall even further from grace. We're talking about my rival, those San Francisco 49ers. They get it started at home this season as the second half of the Monday night football doubleheader against the Minnesota Vikings and Teddy Bridgewater. Will Adrian Peterson be there for that one? Only time will tell. The 49ers, they need that one to get off to a fast start. Because the next three games, man, this is one. This, this is a bitch, I tell you. You get a road trip at Pittsburgh. You get then following that up with a trip to the Arizona Cardinals, who have played you tough the last few years and are pretty much a better team than you now. Then when you do get a home game, look who it is, those big, bad Green Bay Packers. And Green Bay, they're going to be looking to send a statement to everybody this season. 49ers, I'll say they have no shot in that one. Then you get a cross-country trip against a team that I think could be pretty interesting this season to take a step forward, the New York Giants on Sunday night football. Then you host the Baltimore Ravens and the Seattle Seahawks back in back-to-back games. The first half of the schedule does not look very favorable for the 49ers at all. Then you get games with the Rams, the Falcons, and the Seahawks. But you get you get a bye week between the Falcon and the Seahawks game. Both of those games are at home, but it doesn't matter. They're going to probably kick your ass anyway. You host the Arizona Cardinals. And finally, when you get to December, things do seem to get a little bit easier for the 49ers. You get a trip to Chicago and Cleveland, winnable games. You host Cincinnati on Sunday night football, a game that the Bengals have never historically played well out here against the 49ers, so I don't think they will either. You get a trip to Detroit, you may lose that one. And you get a game with the Rams. Depending on if the Rams have anything locked up by that point or not, the 49ers should be able to play well in this one. And I don't. while I don't think the 49ers are as bad as most people say they are, the first half of this schedule pretty much knocks them out of the race before they even get a chance to get started. I'll give the 49ers probably six wins because they'll start to catch up a little bit in December. Your call, Josh. Um, 49ers to me are, well, here are the games I think they can win. Vikings, maybe Giants, maybe maybe two of the, maybe the games against St. Louis, maybe not. Falcons, they should win. Um, Chicago, they could beat Browns. I just, I'm not, I don't, I, right now I'd say they're a five, six win team. I just, I think they've lost too much, but um, it'll be interesting to see if uh, what we're, uh, if we're all being deceived and that they actually have a good game plan for this season. So um, right now I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to stick with what I said. And I'm going to go with six and 10 for the 49ers also myself, because I think that first half of the schedule, it really isn't conducive to their success. After the opener against Minnesota, they better win that game because the 49ers, they could be staring at probably a 1-6 and six or 0-7 start if they don't. I mean, everybody they play is just a tough, just tough all the way around. They could probably beat the Giants, but I don't think they will. So beating Minnesota is very essential to any chance that the 49ers have this season. You got anything else you wanted to add anything, as far as the schedule went, Josh? Oh, no. Uh, yeah, I – for the 49ers, no, I I think they they have a rough road ahead. To be honest. All right, and that was our NFL schedule beat there. I hope we ran down the games well for you, gave you some things to look forward to. Because I mean, I know I'm looking forward to it, and I'll be sitting right here September 13th with my popcorn ready and ready to kick some Cincinnati Bengal ass. Good luck to all of you and your teams also. And good luck to the New England Patriots also, Josh. I know we don't get to cover them too much here, but, yeah, good luck to you this season. Thanks, Dan. I know you had a random thought here this week, but we're kind of pressed for time. So if you like, you can – if you want to, you can go on and share it with us next week if you like. I will share it next week for sure. Um, it was a good show, and we are definitely um, over on time, but I enjoy being able to cover the schedules. I look forward to next week. We are doing a – NFL draft show, I believe, next week. Oh, we uh, most definitely are. We... So I looking forward to that. Uh, we didn't we didn't get to cover MLS this week. We'll try to get it in next week, hopefully. 
Oh, yeah, we forgot all about MLS soccer. Oh, well, this week I think it was more about the NFL anyway. Everybody was excited to see the schedules and to see what was going on. The Galaxy did win their match, however, this week over the Kansas City, um, supporting Kansas City 2-1. to How's the Rebs do? Uh, Revolution, I they they won. They beat, I believe they beat um, Columbus. No, you caught me off guard. Yes, they beat Columbus, I believe, 2-1. They won. I know they won. I forgot who they played. My brain's not working at the moment. Um, the, the, uh, most, the, mo- the most interesting game was the Red Bulls, who who beat uh, – my brain's not working, man. This We'll have our weekly in-depth MLS soccer beat for you this week. Sorry sorry, we didn't get to it this week. It just completely slipped our mind. We got into that schedule, and it, it was just on, man, you know. But we'll have everything for you. We'll have the MLS ready for you next week. We'll have our um, DraftKings Weekly Fantasy Baseball. And, yes, we Josh and I will have that NFL mock draft for you. So be here, 8 o'clock, make it a date, and I, we'll, we'll be here waiting for you. I'm Ray to Rome. I'm my little brother's big brother. But Josh Matson, this has been the NGSC West Recess. You guys have a great evening. Love you, America. Take care. Later. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.